FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us in studio now is City Council President, longtime City Councilor from Burlington, Karen Paul. And she is running for mayor for the Democratic nomination. It's coming up on December 10th. Good morning, Karen. Uh, good morning, Kurt. Good morning. It's early. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, you get used to it, sort of. Do you? Do you really get no. used no. to it? You want no. to know something? Yeah, I don't. I'll tell you. People have asked me because I've been doing it for five years almost. Uh, actually, a little bit before that because I had another one. But um, I say, uh, well, I'm used to it, I guess, but not really because every morning I have to kick myself in the but to get myself out Yeah, there. I mean, I think it's probably easier in the summer. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, of course, yeah. the light, it's light outside. Yeah, or at You're least, right. at least there's a, a, a bit of, of, of light. When the alarm goes off now, you, I, you're just totally out of it. I, it could be 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or midnight. You don't really know. You just know you <laughs> have to drag your tail out of bed. Well, there was this morning when I got up, uh, and I got up pretty early i did think about both of you because of the fact that i knew that as early as i had gotten up you had gotten up earlier and he's he, he gets up even a lot earlier than me what time do you get up kurt four four all right so what time do you go to bed last night i went to bed at 10 which is yes but i sometimes i try earlier and i can't sleep so I have trouble sleeping. So it's, uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's not I good. always Because you're worried about getting up. Yeah, exactly. That's probably it. Yeah, I always do the math. If, if, if you get up before, that means 8 o'clock for eight hours. Well, I uh, a couple of years ago, uh, for the first time, uh, we got a dog. Yeah. And uh, two years ago, he's two and a half years old. And uh, What kind of dog? Uh, cockapoo. Little, little one. Yeah. Very sweet. His name is Monty. And we named him after, it was quite a discussion between uh, all five of us and our family deciding what to name the dog. We finally came up with it. Our son, Adam, actually, is the one that came up with the name. And it was named after Vermont. So oh, we came up with Monty yeah. after Vermont. Yeah. All right. So, there you yeah, go. I had to come up with something that was cute. And it was quite the conversation. We spent two months basically discussing what but, the name of the dog was going to be. But, you know, uh, a dog will get you out of bed. <laughs> well, that was why I brought that up, because, yeah. you know, when the, when when he was really small, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we crate trained him. And when he was really small, he was him. getting up a lot at yeah. night. And, and you don't, uh, and you want to reinforce that you want to let them out when they cry, the whole thing. I'm with you. Right. Yeah, the they only get, good, get you out of bed. <laughs> there was only one good thing, and that was that at least it was in the spring. So it was starting to get warm out. Yeah. I can't imagine having a puppy oh, in yeah. December. Right. Right. <laughs> Not to mention, yeah, we puppies are a lot of work. That's yes, for sure. They yes, sure indeed. are. They sure are. Now, Karen has brought her world famous yeah. chocolate chip cookies with her this morning. So thank you for that because I needed something. And that was, as usual, a very good chocolate chip yes cookie. thank you very much I, yeah well I for set for whatever reason you know i started doing that i don't know if you remember i started doing that when you were on the city council uh, i do remember. i did those i brought i brought cookies uh for valentine's day oh, or whatever nice. the meeting was that was close to valentine's day yeah. and uh it sort of stuck and uh i also made many many of these same cookies when our kids were really little so yeah if you have one go-to cookie and that's good you probably are familiar there's usually uh uh, a lot of the elementary schools will have a hundred day celebration 
so when the school when you've been to school for a hundred days oh, or something, okay. and so everybody has to bring in yep. a hundred something. Oh God! Well, I our <laughs> kids brought in a hundred cookies. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that works. I'm sure there was a lot of hundred people that were happy. That well, it was fun because we put them on a I put them on a sheet and yeah. I numbered them, and so when I would go into school, the one of the teachers would sometimes say to me. You know, I'd say, did you get a cookie? And they'd say, yeah, number 32. Number 32. That's a go. great idea. Yeah. Oh, now, Karen, um, <laughs> anybody you want to wish a happy birthday to today? Well, yes. Yes. Uh, our daughter is, uh, our daughter, Caroline, today's her birthday. She's not, she's not within the range of being able to hear this unless she's listening to it on a lot on, on live. And I, I actually do that when I'm in the car. I often do that. But anyway, Caroline is, uh, uh, celebrating today is her birthday. We have three children: yep. uh, Andrew, Adam, and Caroline. And our youngest is uh, she's in she's in law school. She's oh, wow. in she's in school in uh, in Boston. So nice. we're we are going to be she's going 20, to see her. She's twenty four. Twenty four, which is sort Happy of scary birthday. because she was just a kid, a little kid when I does got happen, to the city council. It? Yeah, the only pre- I I sort of laugh about this, but I feel like the only. The only people in our family that are getting older are our kids that Mark and I don't really get older. Right. You don't feel kids. like you're older. I get it. No, and then you look at you, you look at your kids and you're like, my Whoa, God. How did that happen? Whoa. How can yeah. you be so tall? Yes. <laughs> now, Karen, so um, let's get but into thank you it. For letting me, thank you for letting me say yeah. that. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Now, let's get into this big mayor's race. It's a you know, change in the mayor's race after 12 years. Yep. So it's a big race, and there's some problems in Burlington. So it's I view it as one of the most critical elections we've had in a long time. Uh, before we get into all the issues, Karen, uh, for those li- you've been in politics for a long time, but some listeners may not know uh, enough about you still. Some do, some don't. So give us a minute or so, minute or two of Karen Paul's history. Uh, you mean politically or just in general? And whatever you want to say. Generally, <laughs> okay. I know you're a lifetime Burlingtonian. I am. I am. I grew up in Burlington. Uh Obviously, as I just said, we have three children, um, and uh, uh, my mom grew up in Burlington, as did my grandmother. My great-grandparents immigrated uh, from Russia, escaping uh, persecution in Russia, and settled in Vermont. They had other family that was here, and so they came and lived in the, it was, uh, they lived on St. Louis Street in the Old North End, as did my grandparents, and then my my mom also. Was there a large Russian uh, population? Uh, there was at that time. It actually it was it was almost completely pre- predominantly uh, escaping the Russian pogrom. So they were mostly Jewish people, yeah. and it became part of what's what we refer to, or many people refer to as Little Jerusalem. Yeah, in the old North End, um, and it was a you know, and we've all we, so we stayed here. Yep. Um, I uh, you know I I was encouraged to you know I I got involved in. Politics, I guess, to some degree. Although I wouldn't say that serving on a city commission is politics, but I was was asked to serve on a an ad hoc committee years ago, which sort of morphed into me applying to serve on the electric commission. Then I served on the police commission, and then I took a I took a several years, and those were actually the years when I had very very young children, having three kids that were very young under the age of uh, six mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and then was encouraged to run for the city council in 2008 and ran uh, in a very difficult, very close race and uh, have, have remained on the city council since that time. 
Now, we're not going to, just for our listening audience, we're not going to take calls for about another 10 minutes or so. I'm going to delve into a couple issues, and then we'll start taking some calls. Uh, so thanks for that, Karen. Um, now, in terms of political history, I, of course, first remember you as a Republican candidate for city yep. council against Andy Montral. Yeah. Uh, then you ran as an independent against Barb Perry. And it seemed like at the time you might have said that your ward wanted sort of independent representation because Barb had been an independent and moved to the Democratic Party. Then um, a few years later, you actually switched and became a Democrat. Um, can you address that a little bit? Because, again, we're with any candidate, we want to know more about the candidate. And yep. some know a lot about you and some don't. Um, there are some who who I've heard say in the past about that, that that seemed like political opportunism. What do you say to that? Well, I did run uh, years ago. I mean, that was about 25 years ago, I guess it was, that I ran um, as uh, ran against Andy um, and uh uh, and I and did not win. Andy Andy won. Um, I think I got about forty percent of the vote. It was it wasn't that close. Uh, and then uh, in two thousand eight, um, you know, decided to run. Um, uh, Barbara Perry had been an independent and uh, decided to run as a Democrat that year. Um, and I was encouraged to run uh, against her and. Uh, decided to run as an independent and uh, because I felt that that was more reflective of where I was at the time. Um, in 2014 or in 2015, there were a number of people that were on the, on the city council that uh, were Democrats and a number of them, there were about four of them, there were about seven at the time, as you remember, there were 14 city councilors at the time. Uh, there were about four of them that strongly encouraged me to run as a Democrat. They felt that my values and my voting record had been very similar to that of a Democrat. They encouraged me to do that, you know, so that I could caucus with them. Um, and, you know, and they felt that they would benefit from, you know, having me there. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be in a caucus, you really should be of that party. And uh, so I decided that my my values at that point and where I felt I was uh, aligned very much with the Democratic Party. And so I decided to run in 2015. I think it was I think it was 2015 as a as a Democrat. That was also the year that we did redistricting. So everybody was running at the same time because we changed the configuration from 14 to 12. And we also changed from districts. I mean, from only wards right. to districts and wards. Right. So, oh so yes, that was why I did that. So you've been a Republican, ran as an independent, ran as a Democrat. The only odd thing about it with this, some people I remember at the time question was that you had just run for council president against the Democratic council president candidate and then became a Democrat right after that, which seemed a little odd to some people. I mean, some people may have seemed that it was odd that one thing had nothing to do with the other. Okay, but all right. So you, but that's the political history, right? You've been yeah. and and you're you are a Democrat. Yes. Okay. Now let's talk about some of the issues that um, when we talk about the 2020 resolution. Obviously, there's problems in Burlington now. Uh, you've talked about it as the theme of your campaign, and every candidate is saying public safety is the number one issue now. As mm-hmm. we've seen, what we just saw the night before last, uh, four major incidents in one night, um, and there are shootups. People um, shooting up across the city, City Hall Park, needles everywhere. 
um, there's a lot of problems that have, are, many people find it as palpably different than they've seen in the past. What we've found with candidates that we've interviewed, at least it seems to me that when we talk about the 2020 resolution, some people will say, I don't want to talk about that. That's in the past. We want to look forward. Um, or they just don't want to talk about it, period. But I think it does. it is important in terms of people want to look at what a candidate's judgment is. And if we use the old phrase, if you don't learn from if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat that. So in light of that, I want to ask you about the 2020 resolution. That is the one that dropped the police force down from 105 to 74. And, of course, we went below that. What at the time made you vote yes on that resolution, which is believed to have been the vehicle that led us to a um, where we are now with a severe shortage in the police and our police department? Well, the uh, the the resolution that you're referring to, which was passed on June 29th of 2020, had about 15 action items in it. It was a long resolution. There were a lot. There was a lot of information in there, and I think, uh, you know, it came about as a result of many things that were going on, not only in the country but also even in Burlington. There was, uh, there had been three rather dramatic use of force incidences incidents. Uh, you know, one of which resulted in a settlement to the officer. Um, of course, that was later on. But, um, you know, there were a lot of things that were going on at that time. And uh, and we were just in the first couple of months of COVID. Uh, it, was a, it was a very challenging time, I think, for our country, for our city. George, um, the George Floyd murder? The, yeah, the, George, the murder of George Floyd had happened, uh, I guess, about six weeks before. And, you know, during COVID, six weeks, six weeks to us today isn't that long. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, we, we hear news every single day. At the time of COVID, I think six weeks was a long time. And people, it was on people's minds because there wasn't as much going on and people were home. And I think that that is, it for, you know, not that that it, I mean, it certainly captured the world's attention and, uh, and rightly so. It was a it was a terrible event. Um, as far as the as far as the resolution goes, um, I think that there were a number of items in that resolution which were uh, relating to racial disparities in policing and reparations and you know other issues that I think we really needed to address that were important in that resolution. This was referred to as the racial justice resolution? Well, we now refer to it, yes, as the ra- it has a longer term, but yes, it was the, we refer to it the, as the racial justice resolution. And there were a number of items there that I think were, you know, were very important and meaningful. Um, one, of the re- one of the aspects of the resolution was about the police force. Uh, and I think in, you know, in retrospect that although there was a lot of research and a lot of very good research to show that that was an that that was something that uh, you know that to show that that was something that we that we should have been paying attention to. Um, I think that uh, it's important to. I feel it's always important to own the 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 votes that you take, and um, I think that that was. That particular aspect of the resolution was something that uh, probably should have been modified at the time. I tried to modify it at the time uh, and and wasn't able to. 
Um, and I think that that number was a number that, uh, as history has shown, was 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 too low. Do you regret that vote? You 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 voted for the resolution which did set in place policy that would move the department down to seventy four, the number seventy four. With I would I would argue had not a lot of data. I mean, I saw the data at the time from Stephanie Seguino was kind of a one page comparison to another city. It didn't seem like there was nearly enough data about what it, what, what it might cause. Do you, do you regret that vote? Well, I think the other thing also to keep in mind is that, you know, you know, as, as I know from someone who, you know, works a lot with accounting and numbers that, you know, numbers are numbers and the number that people focus on is the 105 to 74. The reality is that we never had 105. We never had 100. We never had 95. The Are you sure that, about that? I have that from Chief Murad. The number that we had as of January of 2020 was 91. So that, was the, that wasn't the authorized headcount. That was the number of officers that we had at the time. So, you know, I mean, granted, the authorized headcount, we were comparing authorized headcount to authorized headcount. And so the number was 105 and the number was to 74. But the actual number of officers that were there was never 105. Um, we could have had 105, but we were we never had that. We were never able to get to that number. And it changed from 100 to 105 of an authorized headcount, I think around, I, I don't remember exactly, it was 2017 or 2018. But the the bottom line is that that was the number, um, the num the 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 headcount, and actually who was the number of officers that were really on the ground is a different number. But you know that that is that is, the racial justice resolution did talk about 105 to 74, and that and that is what I voted on. So, so I you know I own that. I I don't want to. But do you think that that was a mistake then? If you looking back, do you regret that you voted for it with that? with that decline in, in there? I think that at the time, the way that I had looked at it was that I was comparing it to other college cities, um, ones that were, you know, it's very, very similar. And we had a lot, of, we did have a fair amount of data about that. It was also written up nationally at the time about what is the right size for a police force. And knowing I had, I had asked for the data of how many officers are there actually really out there and the number that I had gotten was either, it was either 90 or 91. And so to me, you know, a number that was, I didn't look at it in the terms of 105 because I knew we didn't have 105. But, but the bottom could. line, we could, we could have, we could have, that would have been a significantly larger, large increase. But I think that, so to, to answer your question, I think that that, I think that the number of officers being 74 was too low. And I, you know, the next day we did have another vote and that vote was to, uh, was on the, was on the budget. We, we, we actually literally voted on the budget on the very last day that we were able to on June 30th. And there was an amendment that was put forward uh, to what I felt was really almost like doubling down um, and to codify into our budget, which is something we have to do by charter, that, you know, the number of officers, there would be no officers hired at all until the number fell to 74. And that, I felt, was just 
too much. It was a bridge too far for me. I did not vote for it. And I actually expected that it would fail. And as we were taking those votes, and we did everything by roll at that time, by roll call, uh, the vote was seven to five. So it did not fail. Franklin um, Polino provided the one the vote six, The six progressives and, uh, and Franklin voted for it. Yes. Um, we're almost up to the break already. Hard oh, to believe. I'm sorry. But no, no, no. Nothing you no. did wrong. But I want to ask you one more question, and then we'll come back and get calls and talk about. And, of course, we want to hear about what your plan for public safety going forward is, too, and we will. But one more question on that, which is during that debate about the racial justice resolution and all the other things that were in it, but with that big question about the police department going from the 105 limit to down to 74, and of course, we know it went below that. But there was an amendment in there by a couple of different counselors that called for replacing that language and replacing it with a study to see what really the number should be. Why didn't you vote for that amendment? And then you could have voted for everything else that you did like in the resolution, but jettisoned that bad language, or at least what a lot of people would view as bad language. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think the, I think the, the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, that that amendment, and not that this is a, you know, th- this is more of an explanation. That that amendment did come to us about an hour before the meeting, and I was, I believe, was at a board of finance meeting. I did not see that until it came to us, and uh, you know, I I don't really, I I really can't, I really can't speak to exactly what the what the thought was that went through my mind at the time. I I don't. I, I I don't remember exactly why I felt the way that I felt. I did not vote for it um, at the time. Okay. All right. We need to hit a break. Uh, a lot more coming up with Karen Paul, including we'll take calls, but we'll also hear about what she wants to do going forward uh, to uh, fix the city of Burlington and the many problems that we're facing. We'll be back. We're going to check in uh, briefly with uh, Fox News. Amanda's got the local headlines. We've got a forecast calling for the 50s later this week. I'm good with that. And we'll drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. We are back on the morning drive. Welcome back, everybody. Interviewing Karen Paul this morning. She is the council president and is running for mayor of Burlington in the December 10th Democratic Caucus. Coming up fast now. Um, welcome back, Karen. And uh, now, Karen, let's talk about your public safety plan. Um Give us sort of the overview. I mean, there's a lot going on in Burlington, as you know. We've seen what happened the other night. Uh, we've seen uh, shoot-ups going on in City Hall Park. I mean, everywhere I go, people is, are talking about what the change that we've seen in Burlington. Um, what do you? How big an issue do you think it is? What are you hearing from people? And what do you think? What's the what's the uh, the highlights basically of what you think needs to be done? Yeah, I think uh, you know I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. I do want to I do want to mention a couple of things first, and that is that um, you know uh, you had you had said that you know some people are some people don't want to talk about you know what has gone on uh, what went on that uh, you know st- that back in 2020 and what has gone on since then. And I'm I I do think that it's very important to uh, to own the decisions that you make. Um, I also think that it's very important to talk about what you do, uh, what you do to uh, to to make things uh, to improve things. And I think one of the 
one of the things that I have heard from people in the many conversations that I've had is, uh, you know, why people have said to me, well, why do you feel that you would be a good mayor? And I think that the issue of the racial justice resolution and what has happened since then uh, very much speaks to that. Uh, the, you know, the, there were nine of us um, that voted for, the, for that resolution. So I was certainly not, although I own that vote, I was certainly not the deciding vote. The mayor signed that resolution a couple of days later. Uh, we voted on the budget amendment. Um, I did not support that. But I think it's also important for people to know what's happened since then. And because uh, I think it's I think it's important. Uh, the headcount needed to be raised. And as I've said, I I felt that it needed to be raised. And uh, in October of 2021, uh, there was a, a resolution that came to us that was striving to raise the headcount. And uh, there was a there were two progressives who were willing to go and increase the headcount, but not as much as the mayor wanted. And uh, they came to me and said, you know, we will raise the headcount, but we, we just don't feel that we can do what is being asked. The long, the long and short of it is that we raised the headcount to 86. And the reason why we raised that headcount was because of a, a, a deal that I was able to negotiate between two people in order to get the number of votes that we needed in order to raise the headcount. I think that that uh, speaks a lot to uh, the way that I try to work with others and the way that I try to make sure that everyone feels heard and to move the city forward. I think the other thing that's also incredibly important, and I believe that uh, our, our chief, our police chief has spoken to this on the show, is that in the summer of 2022, uh, there was a uh, that we were renegotiating the police union contract. And uh, uh, there were six progressives on the city council and six others. There were two independents and the rest were Democrats. Uh, in order to be able to pass that, we needed to get progressive support. Um, while the mayor was away, and this was when he was gone, that he was actually in Europe at the time, uh, it was it fell to me, uh, to uh, to try to figure out what we could do. And there actually, it wasn't really just me. It could have been anybody. It could have been any city councilor that had done to do this work. Uh, I successfully got a 10 to 1 vote on that police union contract. It was, it was not an easy thing to do. It was actually pretty hard. Uh, that, that police union contract, I have been told, uh, certainly by the chief, that that was a key in being able to recruit new officers. And as well, I've actually been told by the head of the police union that at the time that we approved that contract, it was the strongest police union contract in the country. So I think those are the things that I, I, I do want people to, to know, that uh, just as I feel it's very important for leaders to acknowledge when uh, when they do things that in retrospect didn't don't appear to have been the best idea. I think it's also important for people to know what did you do and how did you lead going forward from that point, which brings us to the present. Uh, and the present is that we now have 70 officers. Uh, that, that contract has been significantly helpful as well as recruitment and retention bonuses, which not only did I support, 
but also had to work hard as council president to get a consensus so that we could get an agreement on those on those recruitment and retention bonuses, which would not have been possible without progressive support. Um, so I think all of those things are incredibly important for people to know and understand. And if you want, we can get into the uh, public safety well, plan. We do, we do want to hear some about the public yep. safety plan, but we've got some calls coming in. And so yep. you can certainly ask Karen a you know, like any mayoral candidate, a hard question, but we do insist that it's respectful. That's the only, if you're going to ask a question, it needs to be respectful. We can't tolerate any disrespect to our guest. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, Karen. I have a quick question. My understanding is you're going to give up your seat on the council to run for mayor, but I, I don't think you have to do that. Max didn't do that. I don't think Kurt did that. I don't think um, others haven't always done it. Joan's not going to do it. Is that a timing thing? Is your seat up? Um, and if you lose the primary, could you run for the, the, the council again? If you could just clarify that for me. Good question. Sure. Um, so the reason why I'm giving up my council seat is because you can't run for two things at the same time. And uh, uh, my term as a city councilor expires in March of 2024. Uh, so for me to be able to run for mayor, um, I can't run for my council seat at the same time. Uh, the Democratic caucus is going to be held. All of it is going to be held. My understanding is that all of it is going to be held on one day. So there'll be the mayoral uh, portion of it, and then there will be the individual ward seats. Um, and, uh, uh, you, you, you know, as I say, you can't run for both at the same time. So I, you know, I knew when I when I ran part of the decision process also was the fact that I would be giving up uh, council president, I would give up my seat as a city councilor, and uh, in order to be able to do this, I, you know, for me to do this, I'm I'm all in. Uh, and to speak to others, I mean, you know, Kurt has done this. We, if you don't have to give up your seat, you don't have to give up your seat. Um, That's right. That was the but second part. Of yeah, is, that was but the, the timing is that I. Right. The second part of his question was. Why do you have to? Joan yes. Shannon doesn't have to because right. her seat's not up for election. That's right. This year. So yeah. that's she, right. If she was up this year, she'd have to be making the same decision. That is. Correct. And you just answered a question we had on the air earlier: was is this caucus for everything or just mayor? But it seems like it's going to be for the council seats you know, as well. It's it's interesting. We haven't. No decision has been made about that. I think the. You know, I remember, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, you don't was, know if it. If I don't all know. Or not. I don't know that uh, because no decision has been made. And I was trying to remember back the last time we did this was the when there was a contested mayoral race was back in 2011. You know, going into 2012, and I I don't remember that it was done that way. I think it was just the mayor mayoral caucus at Memorial Auditorium. I can't remember how the rest of that worked. I just don't remember anymore. Yeah. But I think that was it. For that day, we have some more calls we need just, to get to, but I want to, I want to just, just because we're on that topic and we asked Joan Shannon this, uh, when she was on the show a couple of weeks ago and we'll ask CD Madison this on Friday. Um, will you, are you committed to supporting the winner at the Democratic caucus? Obviously you expect and hope to win the Democratic caucus, but are you going to be supportive of, if you don't, are you going to support the winner of the Democratic caucus? I mean, you could go out and run as an independent, right? Yes, I mean obviously you can. Of course, you can do that. The deadline for uh, for apply for um, uh, declaring that it doesn't come until the very end of January, right. as you know. So, of course, that could happen. I mean, I think the I think the important thing is that uh, uh, 
that the person who becomes our next mayor is the person who, you know, to me, I feel can can lead the city uh, and can do what I feel is in the best interest of the uh, of of the city. I mean, regardless of whether I'm serving in elective office or not, I live here. Um, I have no plans to leave here, and I want what's best for Burlington. And do feel that, uh, you know, I I do feel that a, a Democratic candidate is going to um, is going to serve the city and serve it well. So, if it were either Joan or C.D. Madison, you would be supporting endorsing those one of those two if it was not you even though again i know you expect to be the to be the one to well, come out of there i mean we never you know of course you never know what's going to happen i mean it is my intention to uh to support uh the democratic candidate that's my intention okay no worries all right let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive good morning uh chief murad has a policy of not uh pulling anyone over if they haven't committed like a public safety offense while driving um, he does this to uh, eliminate uh, racial disparities in policing or something like that. Would you have him continue this policy? Would you want him to continue not uh, pulling people over in Burlington? It's a great question, Karen. And I actually used my member of the, of the radio media to ask that at the press conference yesterday that the chief had. You know what, what he's talking about is the Burlington... The minor traffic stops. The, the traffic stops that are not considered their non-public safety stops... Like you got a tail light out, you you have a, you know those type of things. The chief has eliminated eighty five to ninety percent of those stops uh, because of the racial disparities involved in them. Some of some people, and I'd include myself in that, are, are a little concerned about what you might be missing when you don't do those stops. It's been state police have said forty percent of those stops they find DUIs in, for mm-hmm. example, and there might be other things more even bigger than DUIs. Do you? I think that's a good question. Do you support that continuing as the policy of the Burlington Police that almost all non-public safety stops are eliminated? Well, I think that, in fact, that was part of the part of the resolution back in June was that there were there were racial disparities in policing in those kinds of stops, um, and I know that they have eliminated virtually all of them i mean i i, I guess you never completely virtually eliminate every one but 85 to 90 percent is pretty high right um you know i i i don't i don't know enough about some of the aspects of some of those stops to speak conclusively to it i'm not a policing expert um i, I do respect the fact that uh the chief made that decision and if that's how he feels I don't think that it's really my place to overrule or to or to say that I I don't agree. I mean, I can say I don't agree with it, but I do believe that if he's doing that, that he's doing it for the right reasons. But as mayor, would you would you sit down and if if you were concerned about that, sit down and talk with him about the policy and see whether it made sense or not going sure. forward into the future? Of course, of course. That kind of brings me up. I have one quick question: Would you uh, continue? Um Chief Murad, as as uh, if, if you were mayor, would you continue him as chief? Well, you know that's an interesting question. I mean, I'll try to answer it as best I can. Um, the <clears throat> what I can say is that I voted twice. He was up for to become to go from acting chief to chief uh, twice. Once in twenty early twenty twenty two, and then once again in I guess it was in. 
23. Yeah, just recently. Just recently. Seems like a long time it ago, does. but I it really wasn't. I was trying wasn't. to figure it out with you. <laughs> um, I was trying to figure it out, too. Uh, I voted twice to appoint to appoint him to be chief. Um, you know, and I, the reason why I say it's a hard question to answer isn't because I don't think I have an answer. It's because I think that we put ourselves in a, in a, in a very difficult position when we start talking about, uh, we start talking about people's livelihoods, about people's careers, um, before you become mayor. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, these are personnel issues, and I, the, the reason why I, I don't feel that I should be saying something conclusively is because I think the next question could then be, okay, well, let's talk about CEDO, or let's talk about human resources, or let's talk about uh, the fire chief, or let's talk about another department head. And while I know there's a lot of focus on the police, there is a lot of focus on a lot of other areas, sure. and I don't feel like I should be saying something conclusively about one because I feel that that puts you in a position where you're then starting to go and answer, potentially answer questions about people that, you know, are valued city employees, go to work every day, do the best that they can, um, and uh I don't feel like they, they should be put front and center in that way. Gotcha. I totally get that. We did push both other candidates significantly on this. So I just want to follow up just a little bit more. As you mentioned, there's a lot of focus on police right now, uh, understandably so. And, of course, the chief didn't get appointed. There was a 6-6 blocking of his vote, even though you did vote for him. Uh, but it, it got blocked, and it took quite a while. And I know I talked to a number of police officers, men and women, who said, Thank God we needed that stability mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. So on that one particular one, and I know they're all important and all mm-hmm. that, but don't on that one particular one in police, do, don't you think that it's important, and we pushed the other candidates on this as well, that the public might want to know if he is going to continue? Uh, do you think that's a little maybe more important at this particular moment than really anything else? Well, all I can say is that, uh, you know, I voted, you would talk about votes, uh, I own those two as well, and uh, I voted twice to appoint yes, him. Did. That was my intention, and I was, you know, very public about that. Can we and take that as a clue? We and <laughs> I and the only other thing that I will say is that I do hear the same thing from police officers. I see them. I'm out on the street a lot, and I speak with officers. I literally go up to them, probably probably more than they might want me to. (laughs) I go up to them and I start, you know, talking with them. You know, how do you feel about this? What do you think about that? What do you, you know, how, what was your response to this? And what I have heard from officers is that they are very supportive of the chief. They are very happy that there is a chief. And they felt that although they in their minds have told me a number, and I shouldn't say they, but the officers that I've spoken with have said in our minds, the chief was the chief. He, he, he wasn't the acting chief. He was the chief. But your vote solidified that, and it gives us stability in the force. And so, yes, I feel, of course, that's incredibly important. I mean, I have worked for the last two years to raise the headcount and to, and to shepherd through a very difficult police union contract. Obviously, I want the police department to prosper and it, I believe, has prospered since that vote. Will you, to be, appoint it. Will you be seeking the police department, the police union endorsement? 
I haven't gotten that far. I, right. I don't know the answer to that. I'm yeah, I, 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 honestly, yeah. I'm at this point, I'm, I'm focused on, uh, you know, being able to uh, come forward with a public safety plan because I think that people want that. I think they deserve that. Most people have said to me, I may not even agree with you about everything that's in the plan, but I want a plan. Yeah. And so that's what I've tried to pursue and, you know, and just doing the work of uh, not only a city councilor, but also a mayoral candidate. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. I know uh, you tried to address your vote to defund the police, but do you believe uh, your vote should be judged on its good intentions or the actual consequences of that vote? I think that should be judged as the way that uh, the voters wish for it to be judged. I mean, I, I, I've, I've said what I've said, and uh, I have done to the best of my absolute ability, as I say. I mean, I was not the deciding vote, um, but I was a vote. And what I have tried to do over the last two years, um, not only as a city councilor, but also as council president, is to lead us to a better place. Karen, um, I heard the interview with Stuart Ledbetter that you and Joan were both on on yeah. Sunday morning. Very interesting. I think you both did a great job. Yeah, at least I only at least I only had to dress up for that interview. <laughs> I didn't have to dress up easier? for well, it, radio. Was a lot yeah, easier. Just fine. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you very but, much. Um, on that interview, of course, uh, Stuart brought up what we're seeing is people shooting up downtown City Hall Park. Uh, we've had firefighters on the show talking about they've administered Narcan and people have come out of the the state they're in and, and actually been upset that they gave them Narcan saying, mm-hmm. why'd you ruin our high? Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, incredible stuff. Um, and I know Stuart asked the question, have we become too permissive in Burlington? And and I want to ask you about that a little bit because I, I know your answer was, look, the policy of Burlington has been that we don't arrest people in the throes of addiction. Is that, do I get that right? Yeah, that, that is the, that has been our do, long, long-standing policy. Do, do you support that being where we, where we are right now today because it seems like um, that policy seems to be that anybody can do anything they want anywhere they want in Burlington. Um, what it didn't used to be. I mean, I I remember seeing people who I'd, I'd run into and they were the people that I knew and they were saying, oh, we're going to go smoke a joint. And I said, well, you can't. And they couldn't do that. It's like you can't do that. Or you can't have an open. You're not supposed to have an open beer container. Right. But it seems like things have changed in that regard. And that at least seems to me that that may be part of the reason when there's no consequences, everybody is doing just whatever. Uh, do you think that's the correct policy for the time? Well, that's a, that's a large question. I mean, I, you know, if you want to talk about the, what is going on in city hall park in terms of the, um, the open drug use. And I spoke to this when we passed the drug crisis resolution, which is uh, chair of public safety, not only am I, Uh, council president but i put myself as chair of public safety because people had asked me to um and so uh when when i introduced the drug crisis resolution which declares the unprecedented drug use as our top public health and public safety priority on october 10th i spoke to the fact that you know if we allow the behavior that we are seeing in the open um to go unchecked that it will become the norm and that is unacceptable um, I think that uh, what we need to do is find that middle ground. And there is a middle ground. I think the middle ground is that for those who are, you know, the reason why the city's policy has been that way is because substance use disorder is not a crime 
in the sense that it is a chronic illness. It is a chronic disease. It's a disease of the mind, and it is something that deserves treatment. And treatment deserves recovery. I mean, treatment is only one aspect. You have to be able to be in long-term recovery. And that is where I think we do as a city and really as a nation be able to... We we made a decision many years ago not to fund some of that treatment and recovery. Now we are to some degree playing catch-up. And I think that people who are on the street, if they were given the opportunity to find recovery, uh, would do so. Um, and that's what I think we should do. I don't believe that we should be arresting everyone uh, because I don't think that that really solves the problem. We've tried that as a nation, and that did not work. But this also isn't working either. I mean, no. we've never seen what right. we've seen in Burlington now, right? I mean, maybe sometimes there does have to be some consequences for just shooting yes. up. Yes, I mean, I think there, I think there does. I mean, I think that for those people who are unable of making their own decisions that we need to... Uh, we need to help get them into a place where they can recover and can uh, uh, can uh, hopefully at some point aspire and live their best life. You can't live your best life in under the conditions that they are living in. Karen Paul, that wraps up the hour. How much of your time in the next uh, three plus almost four weeks are you going to be spending on getting people out to vote at this caucus? Are you confident that it's going to be run in a way everybody can be confident about? It? I always get concerned when there's thousands of people we hear and it's luck and people can vote online are we it's a process going to be set up in a way everybody's going to feel it's well we've done it this way for the last couple of years we did it first during covid but then we did it also because i think it expands the level of democracy people you know not everyone is going to go out in person to a caucus and um i actually have watched the computer system uh that works that uh it, it actually happens in real time uh, when the when votes come in, that the numbers change immediately. So you're confident. So I'm confident that that system will work, and I'm confident that it will be run well. And you, you are you hearing the same thing? I'm hearing literally two, three thousand people may be voting. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Karen Paul, City Council President of Burlington. She's a candidate for the Democratic nomination for mayor coming up on December 10th. Thanks for being on the morning drive today. Thanks for the chocolate chip cookies, and uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Thank Thanks you. for coming Thanks in. Thanks so Karen. much. Thank you very.